Welcome to Stick to Football Live on NFL Draft Eve. That's right, Wednesday before the 2020 NFL Draft kicks off. And today on the show, myself, Mello, and Connor are going to give you our final draft predictions. Make sure and write these down because they will be correct, guaranteed. Also, we have the best all-around defender other than Isaiah Simmons, the entire class, Antoine Winfield Jr., legacy player, should have won the Thorpe Award, will be on the show with us. And of course, y'all's draft on draft questions. If you're watching this in the Bleach Report app, and you should be, if you're not, I would like an explanation why. To give me that explanation, download the Bleach Report app, leave your comment below, let us know why. You can also leave your draft on draft questions there. I am Matt Miller. He is mellow, no last name. That's how good he is. And Connor Rogers is in lovely Hoboken, New York today, guys. I am jacked up because the draft is tomorrow, my 10th draft at Bleach Report. I'm going to get myself a cake. I'm a little excited. It's nice that this day comes around. It's kind of a relief. Afterwards, you just get to sit back and enjoy a couple days before you have to immediately do a recap on Friday morning. Monday morning, that mock draft comes out for 2021. Not joking. Monday morning. (laughs) And I can't wait, boys. I mean, this is Christmas tomorrow. What else are we waiting for? We've been talking about this class for a really, really long time, so let's get this thing going. Let's do it. I actually had a dream last night that I did a mock draft and forgot to put Justin Herbert in the mock draft. I think your guys' hate for him is affecting me. And Mello, we are going to start with you. Your final predictions. We each get two of them. Two of them. Your final prediction for Thursday night. How's it going to go? And I'm going to start with our guy Tua right here. There's a lot of buzz going around with the Dolphins and what they're going to do. Are they going to take Justin Herbert? Are they going to trade up and take a tackle? No. All that is a smokescreen. The Miami Dolphins will be taking Tua with their first pick, probably at number five, if not number three. I don't believe all the news that we hear coming out here. I think they're going to look at this guy and say this is one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time. He just happens to be in the same class as Joe Burrow, but they're going to make the right decision here. Go with your quarterback. Keep him healthy. Protect him. Hell, they could take two offensive linemen with their two first-round picks uh, that they have left after Tua. I think this is the right move for this franchise, uh, and this is what the fan base has been wanting for a very long time. You're right about the fan base. They are wild. If you tweet, I don't know if you guys have done this, tweet that the Dolphins won't take Tua. Not even that you think they shouldn't take Tua, just that they won't. Mentions for the rest of the day. Absolute trash from Dolphins fans. They started the hashtag tank for Tua, it feels like, two years ago. And Melo, I know Connor is with you that he thinks Tua should be the pick. Maybe thinks he will be the pick. I'm going to go ahead and say not so fast to quote my guy Lee Corso on this. Justin Herbert will be the pick by the Miami Dolphins at number five overall. I know that we live in a world of what we would do. Those are our rankings. Our mock drafts are based on what we are hearing And it could be an elaborate smokescreen. I hope it is, quite frankly, because I think Tua is leaps and bounds better. But six foot six, 240 pounds, rocket right arm. I've actually heard that Dan Marino is getting involved in this. You know, he does a lot of quarterback evaluating for them. I've heard that Dan has just said, uh, this guy looks like I did. I know Tua's trying to wear my number, but Justin Herbert has the arm strength, more mobility than Dan did. That's for dang sure, as you see here. Pull it down, get in the end zone, and has really dominated the pre-draft process. No injury question. So again, not what I would do. I would draft Tua and then take two tackles, like you said, Melo. I just, I, I think it's all a smokescreen to try to get their guy, and they've done a very good job this offseason of leading us in dire- different directions, I even want, today with the tackle stuff. I want to be wrong. You're going to be. Don't okay, worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been saying for a very long time. I think this builds up with Herbert, and I know they've done their homework on him. I know they want to improve their offensive line. 
I'm with you there, Mello. I do think it's going to be Tua, and it is going to be really, really exciting to see how it plays out. But my first prediction here is the team that picks right before them at number four. That is the New York Giants. And guys, I think they're going to take Jedrick Wills. I really, really do. I know we've gone in circles with this offensive line class. We've talked about whether Isaiah Simmons for them, a defensive pick. We've talked about Tristan Werps for them, maybe Makai Becton, Andrew Thomas. But Wills, to me, is the best guy in this class. And I know we make a lot of Dave Gettleman jokes, but I do think he gets this one right. And I also think Wills can come in and play on the right side for the New York Giants from day one, as you saw him do here for Alabama in the SEC at a very high level. So they have Nate Solder on the left. I know they signed Cam, Cam Fleming, who I think will be a swing guy for them. You get really a surefire, dominant run blocker, clean pass protector, and Jedrick Wills for the Giants. Yeah, I agree with you. I hope this happens. I also think there's a good chance it will, which is, I do believe why, as we're sitting here Wednesday afternoon, you're hearing that, oh, maybe the Dolphins want to trade up for a tackle. There's a reason those types of rumors leak out. Jedrick Wills, we all agree, the consensus number one tackle in the 2020 class. I think it's very important what you said there. Plug and play right tackle, because they actually think Nate Soldier is going to be fine on the left side. If that doesn't pan out, we could see Wills play on the blind side for Daniel Jones. Uh, Mello, one more Final prediction for the 2020 draft. I'm going bold prediction, and I don't think either of you guys even believe this. I'm sure you've seen it in our rundown. I do not think the Raiders will be selecting at number 12 or number 19. I think last year we saw Mayock say, all right, new here. I'm going to stay at number four, and I'm going to take my guy. Not this year. I think this guy's going to be moving some picks. He's got the first-rounders to do it. Why not go up and get if you want a quarterback or if you want a receiver or if you want to get your hands on Isaiah Simmons? I think we're going to see Mayock make some moves here, and they won't be picking up pick number 12 or 19 tomorrow night. Well, they don't have second-round picks, something to remember. So they could bounce back, get some extra picks, or they could package their two ones, like you said, to go up. Isaiah Simmons and that Raiders defense would just be a little be too good to be true. It's uh, a terrible Chiefs fan over here would absolutely hate it. I think it would be fantastic. That is a great fit. All right, speaking of the Oakland Raiders, here's a player that's been a target for them. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. The Raiders will not have a chance to draft him unless they trade up. My final prediction, my guy C.J. goes top 10 overall mellow. We could be looking at the Carolina Panthers at 7, looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars at 9, or a team like the Atlanta Falcons trading up from 16 overall to get Mr. Lockdown himself. 6-1. 205-439 speed. Make him tackle. They say he can't tackle. He can tackle. That. Come down. Uh, you know, a lot of people said this was a two-cornerback class for a very long time, and I'll tell you one guy who didn't, me. Uh, I love what C.J. Henderson can do, and I absolutely do think that he will go top 10 tomorrow night. There's just too much there. Uh, he has all the traits. He checks all the boxes. Uh, he didn't catch that one, but he's got great ball production, too. I think he's going to be a great corner in the National Football He just football has league. to close the gap. He tries to bait people mm-hmm. because he's so fast and so long. If he closes that gap in phase, I think we're going to see him become a – I compared him to Marcus Peters. I think he's become a very good corner. Yeah, and Peters is a very feast or famine guy, and I think we saw that from Henderson plenty of times this season. But to tie a little bonus prediction here, guys, I think there's going to be a run on corners tomorrow night, and that's going to start with Jeff Akuda. It's going to continue with C.J. Henderson. But when we get into the 20s, I think we're going to see A.J. Terrell come off the board. I think we could see Christian Fulton, maybe Trevon Diggs. So that list is going to go on and on. Jalen Johnson might even get in the action. But my final real prediction here right now is that those trade returns, as we see a lot of potential trades in the top 15, will be low. I think the teams that hold the picks or the teams that want to come up actually have the leverage, and the teams that hold the picks 
are dying to get out of the spot, and everybody knows that. Otherwise, the Lions would have been out of three by now. I think when you look at the Browns or even the Panthers, both of those teams in the top ten, they're looking to get out. And the Broncos, the Eagles, the Falcons, they're not going to have to pay a king's ransom to go up. Well, you have to maybe give up your second-round pick, or maybe you'll have to give up a combination of a third and a fourth, sure. But when you're looking into 2021 capital, premium capital, first-round picks, multiple day-two picks, I don't think those will be included in the conversations. I think it's very notable as we get closer to the draft, we hear more and more teams want to trade back. You know, Detroit would trade back. The Giants would trade back. It seems like everyone is willing to move back. And like you said, Connor, it dilutes the market. You're driving down the asking price because everyone is willing to trade back. Those are our final predictions. Don't forget you can drop yours right here in the comments if you're doing this in the BR app, and you should be. Don't forget to follow all three of us in the app at NFL Draft Scout at What is yours? At Mellow007. 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 And at Connor, who somehow got the greatest username in the app. Today's show is sponsored by the upcoming PlayStation 5, the official console of that one kid in your neighborhood who gets all the new technology before anyone else. That's my kids. With high-powered graphics and a brand new spaceship-inspired controller, the new console will feature games like Madden 22, which sources tell me will feature Connor Rogers on the cover as he hopes to break the Madden curse and get the New York Jets to 8-8. Eight and eight. Add me on PlayStation at NFL Draft Scout and challenge me to a game of Madden, but one rule, you have to play as the Washington Redskins. Minnesota star safety Antoine Winfield Jr. joins us here on Stick to Football Live, one of the best seasons of any defensive back in the 2019 season. Antoine, I have to ask you from a personal level, though. You're from the Woodlands, Texas. Mom and dad go to Ohio State. You end up at Minnesota. How does that happen where you don't go to Texas, which hurts me as a Longhorn fan, but you don't go to Ohio State either, which I think a lot of Buckeye fans are still a little upset about. Yeah, um, so, yeah, both my parents went to Ohio State. And, um, you know, growing up, I was raised a Buckeye. Um, so I always dreamed of going to Ohio State. But um, coming out of high school, I wasn't heavily recruited. So I didn't get recruited by them. And, um, you know, I lived in Minnesota for uh, nine years before moving down here to Texas. And um, I had a friend that had committed to Minnesota at the time. And I never would have thought I would have been playing football up there. But uh, he convinced me to go and take a visit with him. I ended up taking a visit and fell in love with the place. And it was the best decision I made. That's pretty awesome, really. I'm a big Gophers fan. I wanted to ask you about the Thorpe Award because I don't know about you. I'm still pissed off you didn't win the Thorpe Award last year. Uh, How about yourself? Yeah, that that was also one thing that I wanted to do um, playing at the collegiate level is get the Thorpe, you know. Uh, That's always been a dream of mine as well after seeing my dad do it. Um, But, you know, unfortunately I wasn't a part of it. But, um, you know, I don't really look at it as a negative, you know. It's just something that, you know, I just wasn't a part of. But it won't change anything. I think now Antoine you might be Watt- the first safety yep. drafted anyway. I hope so. Yeah. I, I mean, Antoine, watching you play – Watching you play, I mean, the amount of plays you make on the field, diagnosing plays before they even happen, it reminds me so much of the Honey Badger. Is there anyone else? Obviously, you got your dad there to watch, but is there anyone else there you watch that you really model your game after? Yeah, growing up, um, I used to watch uh, Earl Thomas and Ed Reed. Uh, I'll say those are two of the guys that I used to watch growing up, and uh, seeing how they were always around the ball, you would see both the guys being in the post, uh, breaking and running um, had the field to go get an interception and things like that. So that's just some things I try to add into my game as well after uh, watching those guys do it. Okay, I got to ask then, the Seahawks helmet over your shoulder. You just mentioned watching a lot of Earl Thomas. 
Are you somehow a Seahawks fan after your pops playing for the Vikings? Probably most of uh, most of the time you get to watch him play. No, I'm actually in my uh, brother's room. My brother's a Seahawks fan, so uh, that's why I've got that huge logo right above my head. <laughs> so is he going to switch teams when you get drafted Thursday night uh, or, or Friday night, wherever you end up? Is he switching or is he going to ride with the Seahawks? Uh, hopefully he's switching. <laughs> I think he's going to switch and uh, just ride it out with me. So whatever team I go to. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to go hot take here. I think maybe you just end up in Seattle and everybody wins. Uh, are there any other teams that maybe you see yourself as a best fit for? Um, not one in particular. Um, I feel like whatever team I go to, they're going to use me in that free safety or nickel role. And I can play that interchangeably. And um, I feel like all teams uh, have that role that they need a specific player to fill. So um, whatever team picks me up, I feel like I can play in anybody's system. Obviously, a lot of different teams talking to you this time of year. It's been different because of FaceTime, Zoom calls, whatever they've been doing to get to know you a little better. What's the one thing you find teams are consistently asking you? What do they want to know about Antoine Winfield Jr.? Yeah, they want to know what position that I think that I'm going to play at the next level. And I told them I can play any position on the back end of the defense, corner, nickel, um, or safety. And um, they're trying to pretty much just figure out what the best fit is for me. And uh, I'm getting now, one thing that pops up, I think anybody who has evaluated you, you have to address the injuries. You know, you missed uh, a decent amount of time, I think over two years uh, with injuries. Is that something a lot of teams are asking you about? And how do you try to explain to them that as a, a smaller guy that you aren't injury prone, you know, missing a lot of time in 2017 to 2018, but then you come back this year, uh, all Big Ten, consistent All-American, seven interceptions. How do you try to explain to them that, that that's the player they're getting? Yeah, um, you know, it's football. You know, football is a 100% injury risk sport. Uh, you're going to get hurt playing this game. And um, both my injuries were nothing that I could uh, do differently to make them, to change them. You know, they're free accidents. It was my hamstring and then a, a ligament in my foot. And um, it's just something that, that happened. There's nothing I could do to go back and change it or anything. But um, I don't look at it as a negative. It's just football. That's what happens. Injuries come with the sport. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Let's ask more questions about Minnesota. I know our listeners love Minnesota questions. Who's the best receiver on that team? You had two of them. <laughs> uh, I would have to go with uh, both are great receivers, uh, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson. Um, but I'll have to go with Tyler Johnson. Uh, he's a dog. Uh, going up against him for the last four years, you know, we came in together and we've been competing ever since we got on campus. And um, he's a dude, man. He has great routes, uh, great hands, smart player, and he just makes plays every time he's on the field. What was it like being there during a time where Minnesota turned into, you know, not an average program, but a really good program? It felt like this year under P.J. Fleck, you guys had everything working, and it wasn't like, oh, this is a tough Minnesota team. It was like, oh, this is a Minnesota team that means business every single week. What was it like just being a part of really a culture shift and that kind of mindset change for the Gophers? Yeah, it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, coming in, you know, we always had uh, goals that we wanted to set. Like, we wanted to change, you know, Gopher uh, football, the way people viewed it, um, coming in as a freshman. And um, just going through that transition, um, with different culture changes with uh, two, dis two different culture and staffs. Um, it was just incredible. You know, there was a lot of digging at first when the new coaching staff came, but I felt like everything kind of just clicked 
uh, together this year and everybody was on the same mission and had the same goal in mind, which is the reason why we uh, had the success that we had this year. Hey, it's fun. I mean, it's definitely been remarkable to see what PJ Fleck has done there. Last question for you before we let you uh, get back. What is your draft night or draft weekend going to look like? Because you're not going to Vegas. Are you doing the Zoom camera in your house for the, the broadcast? Uh, are you just hanging out with mom, dad, and, and brother? What is your Thursday and Friday going to look like? Yeah, I'm just going to be here with the family um, right here at home. Uh, you know, we have it. We're going to – the draft is weird this year. They're virtually doing it. So um, I got the camera set up in my living room where I'm going to have it so people can watch and, um, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the moment with my family. Oh, we wish you the best of luck. It has been a blast watching you play uh, the last this last season. Like I said, seven interceptions, three sacks. And, and as Connor said, a lot of Tyron Matthew to your game. We appreciate you taking time to join us here on Six Football. Man, good luck with the draft process. And good luck with your NFL career. You got three really big fans right here. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks again to Antoine Winfield Jr. for joining us here on Six Football. Hopefully we hear his name called Thursday night, not Friday night. But guys, we end every show here with draft on draft questions. We're going to take three of those. Danny Souter wants to know, if you had to predict one player in your top 15 sliding on draft night, who would it be? I'm going to sneak in here since I read the question to go first. I think DeAndre Swift, unfortunately, and he is my number 15 overall player. I love DeAndre Swift. I just think we see running backs fall down the board, guys, where maybe we see one go late first round, maybe to the Miami Dolphins, maybe to the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Melo, it feels like DeAndre Swift, not because of anything he did wrong. We're not worried about the medicals or anything. Just the devaluation of this position is maybe going to drop. I'm looking at my big board. I have him 10th overall. I really like DeAndre Swift. He might not go in the first round, though, so I agree with you. I'll throw out a, a shocker for you guys. I think Derek Brown is a guy that we could see uh, definitely slip in this process. He doesn't get after the quarterback at an elite level. He's not going to be a, a pass rusher in the NFL. So are you going to take a guy like that in the top 10, top 15, when you can find that kind of production later? He's not going to come in and be an Aaron Donald. I, I like his game, but I do think that he could fall out of that top 15. Uh, probably still goes first round, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see guys like him and Ken Law both slide down the draft board I think the very obvious answer for me is the same as you guys DeAndre Swift 11th overall for me in the top 15 I don't think he goes in the first round but to get away from consistently saying him I'm gonna go with Isaiah Simmons a guy that is at lock as a top 10 player and I don't I, I could see a scenario where he falls the Jacksonville falls the Cleveland maybe a run on wide receivers and tackles is really going full throttle and we're sitting there and saying we know Isaiah Simmons is a great player but a lot of these teams did not need a linebacker safety, and maybe he ends up falling further than we thought. So if you're looking for a guy that's not a running back that's gotten a lot of hype, I think it would be him. Yeah, and uh, some guy named Lefko. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. <laughs> that guy has one name. Lefko. He's going to be hosting the uh, draft show with us Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. Make sure you update your Bleach Report app and join us for live coverage of the 2020 draft. He would ask, and this is a similar question, so give me different names. Who's your top-ranked player that won't go round one? Again, I, I like to cheat and steal here. I'm going to go Xavier McKinney, my number 22 overall player, top safety in the class. I think we're seeing that position because of the depth, actually, push some guys down. My seven-round mock draft comes out tomorrow morning. I had a very hard time finding a landing spot for Xavier McKinney that was close to where I actually think he's valued at. Yeah, and I won't cheat. I'll, I'll go different than the running backs, too. I'm going to go receiver, though, and I'm going to go with T. Higgins. I, I'm still a believer in Same. T. Higgins Thank and, you. and what he can do. 
but I don't think he goes in the first round tomorrow night. I think he's going to be a Friday guy, uh, probably at the top of that second round. But still, uh, a lot of teams are coming out and even saying there's a lot of value at receiver. After these four guys, there's a big group in this tier that could go and still be very productive starters. So I think we see a guy like T. Higgins, uh, despite the size and his ability to catch the ball, fall into that second round come Friday night. I'm going to go with the guy that's a familiar face, somebody we just had on the show, and that's Antoine Winfield Jr. I have him 20th overall. I am not a believer that he goes in the first round. It might be because of what you heard a little bit about the medical issues in 2017, 2018. I think this guy is a phenomenal player, but once again, would I be a little surprised if a team takes him with a top 25 pick or even a night one pick? I would be a little bit. Yeah, Antoine, unfortunately, could see a slip because of medicals in a year where he's not able to go in and do those private visits, the workouts. Um, and maybe it's the Seahawks uh, helmet behind him. Maybe maybe that's well, Maybe he just goes way. to the Seahawks. Yeah, maybe, he just knows. Maybe they're watching today and Pete Carroll says, you know what? That looks pretty damn good. Let's pull the trigger on that. Yeah, Pete should do it. They need another safety. All right, Falky 7399, our last draft on draft question of the day. Is there a possibility the Miami Dolphins don't take a quarterback this year but build up their roster and go for Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields in 2021. I mean, I love the idea of the chaos theory here, but two things. You can only kick that can so far down the road before your owner says it's time to win some games and I need a quarterback of the future to market around. And secondly, I hate to be the pessimist, we might not have college football next year. So do you want to wait on a guy like a Trevor Lawrence who maybe will have taken an entire year off of football it's an unprecedented situation. Please stay home so that we can have football in the fall. But I, I think betting on anything 2021 right now is premature. Yeah, it, it's a little bit risky. Is there a possibility, though? Yeah, I do think there is a possibility. I think they could look at a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick and say, we can win enough games with him. Maybe we'll see what we have with Josh Rosen still. And if not, we'll put ourselves in position to go grab a, a pretty talented class. I don't want to look ahead just yet. Connor will kill me. <laughs> but that 2021 draft class looks pretty good at quarterback. So, yes, I could see uh, the Dolphins saying, we're going to wait. Let's see what we have here with Fitzpatrick. Let's build a team around him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I think they're going to get a quarterback in this draft, guys. And I think it's going to be Tua. If not Tua, they will find somebody. Who knows? Maybe even Jalen Hurts with one of their second-round picks. So I would be floored if they don't walk out of this draft class with the guy we think is going to take over after Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. And that would be asking a lot of patience from a fan base that I think has already been pretty patient after what we would consider mailing it in this year. I know they played hard for Brian Flores, but the roster they put out on the field for him was not enough. So I think the Dolphins will be taking a quarterback. And I think Dolphins fans deserve to not have to wait. Remember, Ryan Tannehill was like a consolation prize. With Andrew Luck and RG3 off the board, it was like, well, we have to draft a quarterback. We'll take Ryan Tannehill. And Adam Gase ruined him. We know that now. But they need like someone they can be excited about, not someone they, they got, you know, can- Looking at this roster and what this front office has done, I don't think they're in a position to take a quarterback next year. I think this is going to be a pretty damn good football team with a lot of picks that can come in and help. I think you take your quarterback now because you're not going to be picking top ten next year. Uh, that's a hot take right here two from picks. the desk. Maybe the Texans are picking top ten. Then they get then they get two picks next year. All right, that is our show. Do not forget, Thursday night you can catch myself, Connor, and Adam Lefko right here in the Bleacher Report app. Also on YouTube, we'll be streaming every pick, analysis of every pick. We're not just going to focus on Joe Burrow all night. We're going to break every pick down for you, every team. We'll do that Thursday night, Friday night, and then for rounds four and five on Saturday morning. So make sure you have downloaded the Bleacher Report app to do that. And a special treat for you guys coming out Friday 
afternoon, a podcast-only version of Stick to Football where we recap night one of the draft, look at some of our favorite picks uh, from round one. We'll get mellow on the horn with this. Maybe we'll let him talk about 2021 a little bit before we... uh, it's going to happen. It's gonna happen. Before Monday, like he's going to have a top 20 big board out for next year. All right, that is our show. Make sure you follow us in the app and on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout, at Mello, and at Connor J. Rogers. We appreciate you guys. Draft is here tomorrow night, baby. We are ready to go.